Behold, the days are coming, said Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, he said, and many of the prophets echoed those great words, hope. Behold, the days are coming. That's the kind of thing when you hear it, it should kind of clue you in. Something important is about to be said. It's kind of like when the Bible says, therefore, okay, we're coming to the conclusion. We're coming to some important part. Behold, the days are coming. But what days did Jeremiah speak of? What was the hope of Israel, and what does it have to do with you? Well, I want you to think this morning of a tree. I used to live on Minerva Place. Some of you may know where Minerva is, and we had this huge oak tree in our backyard. It was big. It was probably, it was probably at least as big as the pulpit here, the trunk was. Um, and it was in the backyard, and it brought down leaves all the time and acorns. You could hear the acorns hitting the, uh, the roof of the house. You could hear the acorns bouncing on our back deck. It was a lot of cleanup, but it also provided shade. And that's pretty nice in Kentucky. It's nice to have a shade tree, especially a great big one. But my tree, my oak tree, had a problem. Maybe some of you have seen trees like this. It had one of those nasty vines on it. Not the little ones, you know, the skinny ones that you chop off at the base. You can cut them and they don't keep growing. This was one of those gigantic, um, looked like a squirrel's tail. You know those vines that look like they've got hair growing out of them? It was probably that thick around and it was wrapped all around that oak tree. The problem with that was if you touched it, um, it would make your skin break out in some weird rash. It wasn't quite poison ivy, but it might as well have been. And the bigger problem was that it was king tree. And so I had this great big oak tree that was rotten from the inside out because that vine had choked it out. That vine had sucked the life out of the tree. And so the tree stood and it gave us shade. But every year, my wife and I would look at it and we would say, one day that thing's going to fall. One day that branch that's hanging over our house and giving us nice shade is going to come crashing in on the roof. And I kept telling her, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And then one day, here comes a man in a red truck. And he didn't look the most trustworthy, to be honest. But he said, hey, I can cut that tree down for you. And I said, all right. I've been waiting for somebody to come and take care of this so that I don't have to. And so he cut that tree down. And what was left after it all was a stump. What was left was this uneven stump, because I can't remember the guy's name, and I don't want to mention it from the pulpit. But they didn't do exactly the smoothest job of cutting it down. They just kind of hacked through that thing. And so at the end, I had this kind of jagged, uneven stump. And there was nothing good that was ever going to come out of that stump. So we would pour chemicals on it to try to get it to rot away. They sell that kind of stuff. Don't worry, I was friendly to the environment. Very important that we all do that, right? Burn things on it, hoping to kind of burn out the stump, but it wouldn't go away. But there was also nothing coming from that stump, nothing good. Now, I want you to have that image in your mind because that's the way the Lord spoke about the nation of Israel. They were like a stump. They were like a stump that had grown up into a great tree in the days of David, when the Lord brought them out of Egypt and he planted them in the land, in the promised land. They grew up like a tree. God often compares the nations to trees. And that tree of Israel was meant to be a refuge for the nations. But the problem was it had gotten rotten. 
The spiritual life of Israel had become completely and totally choked out by the vines of idolatry, by the vines of sin. And so it was in the days of Jeremiah that God said, it's time to cut this thing down. And he did. You know the story, don't you? You know how he sent in King Nebuchadnezzar to chop down the tree, and how Nebuchadnezzar burned the stump, how he tore Jerusalem to the ground and ripped apart the temple. But from that stump, here is where the stump of Israel is so different than my giant oak tree that's still there, I'm sure, on Minerva Place. The Lord said, from this stump, a shoot is going to come. And from that shoot, a branch is going to come. And it's not going to be a rotten and decayed branch, but it's going to be a great and glorious branch, the branch of my servant David. You heard Jeremiah say those words, didn't you? He spoke of the days that were coming in these branch terms. A branch will come, and that branch will be a king, and that king will bring a kingdom, and that kingdom, that kingdom will be for your righteousness. But at the time when Jeremiah spoke those words, nobody could have believed it because everything was rotten. The people of Israel, the leaders in the temple, the king himself, everything had become decayed like that oak tree in my backyard. And maybe, maybe you can see some parallels to our own days, can't you? Oh, sure, we have plenty of material prosperity. Sure, there's plenty of things to keep us busy. There's plenty of distractions for us. But isn't there a great hollowness to our world? Isn't there a great hollowness, a spiritual decay that has eaten away at our nation's core? People go through life without any hope. People go through life without any great goals. They have no dreams. They just kind of make it through, just kind of plodding along. That was the situation in the days of Jeremiah when he spoke these words of prophecy, behold, the days are coming when there will be no more despair. Behold, the days are coming when all that is rotten and all that is decaying will be turned to life. And that same promise, take this to heart, that same promise is spoken to you today. Behold, the days are coming when a king will arise. Behold, the days are coming when everything that is rotten and hollow, when everything that is grown over with those nasty vines of sin and sickness and death, behold, the day is coming when the king who is your righteousness will arise. But it seemed so far off in the days of Jeremiah. It seemed so far off that the Lord had done anything amazing and wonderful. That happened way long ago, sure, Jeremiah. That happened back in the days of David, you know, when he killed Goliath. And that happened even longer ago in the days when God brought the people out of Egypt. But that was a long, long time ago. It's easy to slip into that thinking, isn't it? The Lord did great things for his people long ago, right? You know, when he raised Jesus from the dead, that was kind of cool, but that was 2,000 years ago. And then you know how the gospel spread through the whole world and was established in the whole land, but you know, that was like Middle Ages kind of stuff. And then I guess, you know, there was that time that God raised up Martin Luther and the Reformation happened and that was neat, but that was 500 years ago. Stuff like that just doesn't happen anymore, does it? Change doesn't come. We just go around and around and around, and nothing ever improves. There's a new variant, by the way. Have you heard? Same story as before. Behold, the days are coming. The future belongs to the Lord. And with the Lord, there is always hope. 
With the Lord, there is hope. With us, there isn't. Even our best efforts will end in, you know, kind of a, a not much. Even our best endeavors to reform our own selves often kind of peter out into not very much. But with the Lord, there is hope. And that is the message that Advent brings to you today. That is the message that I want you to take home with you today as we begin another year of God's grace. The future belongs to the Lord, and he will use it how he will. He will use it for your good. Remember that. Take it to heart. Believe it. Because without that hope, what do you have? Without that hope, what is there? Kind of a decaying tree, right? A cane tree that drops acorns down on us and litters the yard with leaves and just makes life miserable. But with this promise that a king is coming, there is hope. Just think of how important hope is for you personally. Think of how important it is that you actually have a hope. Hope gives you something to look forward to, right? Hope gives you something that charges you to make it through whatever difficult times you are going through right now. If you had no hope, if your only hope was to repeat this day over and over again or to repeat the same year over and over again in an endless cycle, well, we'd be, isn't there a movie about this? It'd be like Groundhog Day, right? Eventually, Bill Murray just kind of gives up in Groundhog Day. But with the Lord, there is hope for something better. With the Lord, there is hope for something better, which means that already now you can work for that in confidence, that your work, your energy, your efforts will not be lost, that your endeavors that are begun in faith, that are completed in faith, will not peter out into nothingness. They will not rot and decay away, but with the Lord, they will endure. The present situation also belongs to the Lord, not just the future. That was true in the days of Jeremiah, and it is true in our day too. Right before Jeremiah's great prophecy that we heard this morning, he also spoke of what was happening to the people at that time. And it wasn't just that somehow God had been overwhelmed and had lost control of Israel and things were getting out of hand, but even in the worst of moments, The prophets proclaimed this message, that the Lord is still in control, that his judgment, although it is not a pleasant thing, is meant for their good. He was not confined to the former days, the days of the Exodus or the days of David. He is the Lord of the present as well as the future. And so the present time, even when we feel all is hollowed out and rotten around us, even The present time belongs to the Lord, and he is working in our times for something good. For the past and the present and the future all belong to the Lord. The coming days are his, and they are the days of his king. They are the days when we will no longer say, oh, remember the past? Remember the glory days, how it was in the olden times? You heard how Jeremiah said that, right? He said of those coming days, what will happen in the coming days when Christ comes is that we will no longer look to the past and say, if only we could get back to the past. Isn't that what is so often our effort? Oh, if we could just get back to the glory days, to the 50s or the 20s or the 1890s, or the 1770s, if we could just go back to how it used to be, then everything would be great. Here is our hope. Not that we will go back to the old things, but that we'll future to the Lord's things. 
For the Lord's promise is this, not to restore the past, but to bring us to this glorious future. Behold, the days are coming. Look forward to it, hope for it, expect it, and work for those days. For the days of that branch that Jeremiah spoke of have actually already come, haven't they? What happened when Jesus came into the world? The shoot of the stump of Jesse sprang up and was born of a virgin. Then in those days, in the days of Jesus, the king came. The king who was our righteousness came. The branch came up and flowered up. There in the person of the son of God, the king came and established true righteousness. In his own person, Jesus took your sins into himself and carried those sins to the cross. In his own body, he carried us with him and died in our place on that cross. And in his own body, that king rose up from the grave. Kind of like, you know, a branch shooting up out of a stump. And now, now are the days when that king rules. We don't see it, of course, do we? We don't see all things being put under his feet. What we see is kind of same old, same old, endless cycle. But by faith, we see the days of the Son of Man. By faith, we see that Jesus is ruling. And do not his promises go out to you? Is his word proclaimed to you? Does his forgiveness get applied to you week after week? Does that righteousness that is his get credited to you now too? Absolutely. And so here is your hope. That what has begun in Jesus, carried out now in the church, will one day be seen with your own eyes. One day we won't have to take it by faith anymore. One day we won't have to say, well, we trust that the Lord is doing some good. For one day you will see in the light of glory. You will see in the light of glory the Lord who is your righteousness. This is what Advent drills into us year after year. This triple hope. This triple expectation of Jesus, that he came, that he comes now, that he will come again in the end. So take heart. You do not have a tree that withers and decays. You do not have a rotten branch reigning over you who one day is going to fall down on your house and crush you underneath him. You have the king, Jesus Christ, who has given you so many great and wonderful promises, who directs you to walk in his steps to follow his command and gives you this promise that as you live in him, as you hope in him, you will not be put to shame. So take heart, dear friends. Have hope. Have this expectation in yourselves so that the other people who you know, the rest of the world, may come to that same hope. To Christ be the glory now and always. Amen.